This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, episode 20. I'm your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network from idpguys.org. So welcome back once again, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So today we are continuing with our fan base series. Uh, We're going to be diving into the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, just to remind you, Um, If you have been with us along on this journey so far, you know the drill, but we are bringing on fans and content creators from the fantasy football community to discuss their favorite teams. I just may not be as plugged into the team as they are. My favorite team is the Eagles. So today, obviously, we're covering the Chiefs. I know a little bit about the Chiefs. I don't know as much as my guest here. Uh, So we are going to bring him on in just a second. Then if this is your first time listening, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy this content, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That'd be great. Uh, So you can enjoy this show and the other great shows that uh, IDP guys uh, has to offer. So without further ado, we are going to bring on our guest today. Our guest today is Axton Harding. You can find him on Twitter at Harding underscore three. He is a fellow writer and content contributor at IDP Guys. He is a very active and you and uh, helpful member of the Discord through the IDP Guys subscription. And shout out to the content or the sorry, shout out to the Creator League, a red division mate of mine. Axton, how you doing? And how long have you been a Chiefs fan? Hey, Steve, I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good, staying busy. But uh, I am actually, I've been a Chiefs fan since about the early 2000s. As early as I can remember was probably the Trent Green, Priest Holmes, Tony G days where you like to think that, you know, the good old days weren't winning any championships or anything quite back then. But uh But definitely had some fantasy football studs, though, from that era, for sure. Yeah, I probably started (laughs) fantasy more when I was, like, 14. Uh, Not too long after the early 2010s or something. Uh, So I didn't quite get get to devil into any of that, but I got, like, the Calvin Johnson era and things like that. So, uh, so, so you missed the Dwayne Bow years in, in the fantasy realm? I actually, or was that actually the time I might have been. I think it was right around that time. I don't think I ever got to dip into the Dwayne Bow pool, though. <laughs> well, lucky for you, because that just was years of high expectations. And oh my God, that's so crazy. I just that just came off the top of my head. I haven't thought about Dwayne Bow in probably six years. So I honestly so was thinking about that earlier. I'm glad you said something. That's hilarious. That is, that yeah. is too much. Oh my gosh. That's oh, really funny. Yeah. So well, when I think the chiefs, obviously you think about priest Holmes, you think about Larry Johnson, you mm-hmm. think about Jamal Charles, of course. And now, now we have this awesome new era with, with Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, so a lot of fantasy goodness is coming out of the Chiefs uh, at this point in time. Now, for the purpose of this show, uh, you're going to help me walk through the uh, 2021 season summary. We're going to work our way through free agency, their NFL draft selections, and then take a look ahead to the 2022 season, look at potentially how they're going to do in real life as well as in the fantasy realm once again. So just going to start with a summary of the season. Um, the Chiefs finished with a 12 and five record. They were the AFC West champions. Uh, they finished top five in points and passing yards per game. Uh, after a mightily successful season, they boasted another deep playoff run with a wild and an unbelievably clutch effort to beat the Bills in overtime. But the run ended, uh, unfortunately, in the AFC Championship game, falling to the surprisingly surging Bengals in overtime once again. Uh, 
So Axton, I, I want to hear your thoughts on the new um, overtime rules and uh, what do you believe would be the most ideal method for avoiding ties? I'd probably have to agree with the change that they made. I feel like in about every other sport or most sports anyways, both teams have uh, that extra or that opportunity to uh, counter a score in extra innings, extra time, overtime, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I would have to agree with the change. I kind of feel like it should have been something that, you know, should have kind of been there all along. And I, I would argue that it should be uh, – something I would think they would put include with the regular season as well. I don't see why anything should change there. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think, um, as a little tested out, like test run, I think it makes sense to, to implement it for the games that matter most, but I'm just thinking mm -hmm. like every game's important. It's such a short season. You exactly. might as well do it for, for everything, you know, they're the ones that um, determine the postseason, anyways. So that's right. Know. And, and the seeding and everything else, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I think I like the rule in principle. Um, I'm not sure if it's as ideal as like the college system. Uh, I'm not sure well, what is the perfect system, but I definitely think it's a step in the right direction. It's definitely one that I think was long overdue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously you were on, on the winning side of that game against against the, the Bills. And um, I just recently did a Bills episode and they, yep. you know, were glad about the change, but it's still like that, that still, still stings that yep. they are like the example that set the, you know, it was like, it was like the final, mm -hmm. like straw that, that, that broke the camel's back to like, finally make the league think about changing it and, and then successfully changing it. Yeah. You know, so, so mm -hmm. maybe um a little bitter, you know, on their yeah. end, but still, you know, it just was like clutch moment after clutch moment in that game. It just from a, an objective football standpoint was just one of the most memorable games. Oh, I absolutely. think I've seen uh, easily, um, obviously in the last year and then you know maybe in the last 10 years i'm not sure i mean maybe mm -hmm. other than like the eagles super bowl win for me personally but that's neither <laughs> here nor there um yeah. but yeah it just just was just a fantastic game i mean even just the 13 seconds that mahomes drove down the field just to you know in that final time it's just insane to me it's amazing mm -hmm. it's amazing um yeah bills fans shouldn't feel off too awful bad though we kind of got it uh, they got even the next game. Uh, we kind of blew about every opportunity we had against the Bengals, and uh, they deserved that win after after how we played. So, yeah, we're we're yeah. still we're still feeling it too. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, kind of going like the last three seasons here for 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 the Chiefs, they come off the Super Bowl win, then they have a Super Bowl loss, and they have a loss in the AFC Championship game. Really deep playoff runs. Obviously, very good success. So with all that success and uh, and some of the changes to the team, which we'll dive into in just a bit, uh, what is your level of anticipation like for this season following that uh, disappointing end to an overall great season? Uh, are you pretty hyped for football in general? Is it a little, are you a little extra hype, you know, because you want to get back to, to where you were or with the revamped AFC West division in general, what is your level of anticipation like? Uh, I'm not sure how you felt when Andy Reid was in Philadelphia, but I think with about any squad that he's given with regard to at least the level of talent that he's kind of got to work with, uh, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited for this year. You know, I'm not sure exactly what's going to come of it. I kind of have an idea that they plan will most likely spread the ball around quite a bit more with the additions that they've made and whatnot. But 
Andy Reid is very good about giving his players those roles and those effective roles and, you know, picking the people that are perfect for those roles. And he's got a lot of weapons to use and get and assign roles to, and he's good at coming up with those, those trick plays when they matter and, you know, shifting the momentum. He's all about that. And I, it, just for that very reason, I'm just excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I, I, um, as an Eagles fan, I have nothing but respect for 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 Coach Reed. I mean, w- without his presence in, in the organization or in the franchise, I guess, uh, you know, he has a major hand in the success of that team. Like they are, like one of the more like winningest teams over the history of the league. A lot because of him, you know. Now there are little things uh, to be picky that you know were a little irritating. Like sometimes. I sort of felt like he was like trying to like outsmart everyone a little too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those trick plays and things I always sometimes felt was a little unnecessary. Just like you have McNabb, you have Westbrook, like don't overthink it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But just a- an incredible football mind, a-, a great coach, like a good like players coach and everything else. So yeah, no, um, I know there are Philadelphia fans who who don't share the same sentiment as me, but um, I just look at like the big picture, especially with how much time has passed. I really mm-hmm. do just recognize just for how long he was there, how good they were, and that kind of stability just is pretty rare. I mean, you have your situations of, of like coaching stability, like with Sean Payton in in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and obviously not anymore, but like Bill Belichick in New England. Mike Tomlin and you know Pittsburgh and all this Harbaugh and Baltimore, but pretty rare, right? It is kind mm-hmm. of like uh, a revolving door sometimes for 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 some of these teams. So, um, and Reed just has been extremely successful with the Chiefs pretty much from from day one. So it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. So I, I got mm-hmm. nothing but but love for for Coach Reed uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, definitely so I been think, one of those head coaches that has always been top of the charts, and he's always been. Cop, cop produced a competition worthy team someone that's always going to put up a fight they may not always win you know your championships year after year but you're definitely not gonna gonna just walk all over him with whatever team he's got not for sure i think um to have like like the safety of a talent like Patrick Mahomes that that can sometimes cover up some of those little flaws that mm-hmm. Andy Reid still does have and and maybe still um maintains i know another criticism of his time in Philadelphia was like a matter of like time management in the game and like calling timeouts mm-hmm. kind of at funky times. I remember there yeah. was a game in the Alex Smith era against the Patriots in the playoffs and they took like 10 minutes. It was a really long drive and they got a touchdown, but then there was like no time left to like mm-hmm. try to stop the Patriots and then score again. So it just was one of those examples where you wanted to mm-hmm. like I'm glad you scored, but like, why take up nine, 10 minutes of the game yeah. clock? You know, yeah, so I'm not gonna lie. I found some, uh, a player or two here and there, just watching them through the last couple of years. We're just like, right now, why, why this now? You know what I mean? You're just <laughs> yeah, worried about that timing. That's, but right, that's all yeah. right. I think that's something that everybody's kind of got to work out. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's working on his own. Uh, things to be better as a coach. And I think a lot of that will come with just more time with the players and, and things like that. 
For sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it's such a great recipe for success. You got a great coach, you got a phenomenal quarterback. So I think, um, you know, like, like the level of anticipation for any Kansas City Chiefs should be very high. It should remain high mm-hmm. as long as, as Mahomes is in town, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah. So I uh, just want to go over some of the changes to the team uh, going through uh, what the Chiefs were able to bring in and unfortunately not be able to retain uh, through through free agency. Some of the key losses, uh, obviously wide receiver Tyree Kill, big, big loss there. Uh, also miss, uh, also did not retain uh, Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, kind of like role players who are always on the fantasy radar just simply because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but yep. they are out of town. They were not able to retain safety Tyron Matthew or Daniel Sorensen, like kind of longtime starters uh, for the team there. Running back uh, Daryl Williams, kind of an underrated talent. Uh, cornerbacks uh, Javarius Ward and Mike Hughes. Um my lasting memory of Mike Hughes uh, in a Chiefs uniform is when Gabe Davis literally made him fall over on one of those touchdown catches in that playoff game. Um, like, man, wild. he just he just fakes to the, like the outside and then just posts, and Mike Hughes is just on the ground. You know, it's like, man, mm-hmm. uh, just, that's just a rough one. You know, and again. I, I've never played football, so I really can't say. I'm sure I would have been like, wait, I got, who knows? I have like no body control. But I mean, like, that's just is, is my lasting memory of him in a Chiefs jersey, unfortunately, as well as missing out on uh, linebacker Melvin Ingram. He was kind of like a one year or like a midseason addition, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, to try to get him over the top for, for, for the playoff run. And then defensive tackle Jaron Reed. Now, with, with the additions, there's some pretty exciting ones here. They they were able to bring in wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh and Marquez Valdez-Scantling from Green Bay, brought in uh, Ronald Jones, and they did retain uh, Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon. <laughs> and then uh, they brought in safety Justin Reed from the Texans and then brought in defensive end Carlos Dunlap. Anyone I missed out on there, or is that pretty much the more uh, significant? Well uh, the only thing, the only other thing I maybe would uh, add is they did retain a couple of uh, some defensive depth, kind of all over. Uh, resigned a few people. They did sign a new offensive lineman and resigned a couple of offensive linemen to bolster or to uh, kind of just really maintain that uh, that line. So, oh, perfect. Uh, okay. And they even drafted one, I think, but we'll get into all that. Yeah, definitely. But I think you covered it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I just want to make sure, you know. Um, So I basically just want to hear your thoughts on the free agency moves, uh, specifically on the loss of Tyreek Hill. Do you think that has been an overstated or an understated uh, for you? And how do you think his absence will affect Mahomes? I think, I guess I want to say overstated. I feel like everybody thinks that uh that this is going to be such a, just a big blow to the chiefs and i i mean but at the same time people are valuing valuing excuse me uh ranking uh patrick mahomes in the top five qbs but yet nobody's wanting to draft any of his wide receivers in the top 30. so to me it's like people really think that it's just going to be patrick mahomes and travis kelsey out here you know making it to the playoffs all by themselves I, you know i think that these additions are going to be nice uh give him a little bit more depth instead of having that elite wide receiver one that'll you know take a step down and have two a couple of mid tiers and early you know a young guy and uh rookie picks and 
uh, I just think the depth is going to go a long, a long way, a lot more so than, than last year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for, for I think definitely from a real life football standpoint, uh, it very well may just be business as usual. I initially was thinking like, boy, like did, did this might actually kind of hurt Mahomes' upside a bit. So I'm, I'm actually very intrigued to see what Mahomes will, will be like without Tyreek Hill because it's mm -hmm. just so many of these like amazing, like long touchdown passes. I mean, he just was a really huge part of the offense and you try to mm -hmm try to stop him. Then you got to account for Kelsey. It's like, it, it would make a defensive coordinator like dizzy, you right. know? Um, I guess over the summer I have warmed up to, to a uh, juju a bit, I guess it's just because of the, it's like the opposite effect of like, of like the recency bias, right? It's like the opposite. Cause mm -hmm. we haven't seen him play in a while. I may just be forgetting like what kind of an impact he can make uh, because he was never in like a primary role in Pittsburgh. He was like kind of the, the, the wide receiver two to Antonio Brown. Uh, and then he started off the season, like maybe one or two games and it was out for the year, you know, then it was just like the, the like Deontay Johnson show and, and, and everything mm -hmm. else. But he so, did finish uh wide receiver eight in 2018 with uh 1400 receiving yards so he's got that potential he's got the capability to soak up uh you know a large portion if not all you know obviously it's not gonna be all 159 vacated targets but a good chunk and that leaves you know i think he's still gonna leave plenty to for mahomes to pass around you talked about earlier mahomes has wide receivers out there he's getting them the ball and if the wide receivers can get open more so than your byron pringles and demarcus robinson's uh, I think spreading the ball is just going to work in their favor this year. And I think Avery's going to love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Now I'm glad you brought that up about, about that, that um, strong season he had, because that, that is, is what his, his potential is, you know, we, we mm -hmm. know what it is, but it just, we have just haven't seen that in a while. So that's right. why, no, just you're why right. me personally, am like kind of like uh forgetting about that you know but, mm -hmm. but, that, but that's yep, more on right. me uh but again it is it is patrick mahomes it's not mm -hmm. ben roethlisberger who again at that time was better than than what he was uh the last two seasons you know what i mean uh for sure mm -hmm. so it, it is a very um intriguing uh situation but i'm i'm glad that that, that you think maybe losing tyreek just isn't that big of an issue you know well um, Chiefs fans have known for I mean it's Tyreek's been with us since he was drafted correct in 2017 we've known for a while that he or Kelsey was going to inevitably depart we just weren't realistically we're going to be able to afford them long term past especially you know I didn't know if it was going to happen this year a little surprised that you know of the timing of it I got you know I guess it was after this it was kind of mid post or mid off season uh, but you know, we, like I say, we've all known that it's kind of been one of those things where one of those guys is going to leave and we're going to have to move on eventually. And, and I think that Andy Reid has done a good job of preparing Mahomes for it by spreading the ball out to all of his receivers, even before, you know, bulking up that depth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting. Even back to his years with, with, with the Eagles, what, what, what Donovan McNabb had at his disposal was not mm -hmm. very good for a long time than the one year that they, they bring in Terrell Owens. He was like the best wide receiver they'd mm -hmm. had in, in probably decades at that point. I mean, so now, you know, he has Mahomes who is just already just light years ahead of what Donovan McNabb's peak was, you know, but still, um, you know, he, he was successful with, with much lesser 
offensive skill positions in Philadelphia than what the Chiefs have at their disposal now. So I think you're right about that. I think uh, the team itself will be uh, still able to keep, keep, keep it up. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think that's good. Now, um, were there any other positions or specific players uh, you were hoping that the team would have signed or were you pretty just good with, with, with what they brought in? No, I mean, I was kind of hoping for maybe some more veterans to come in and solidify that defensive secondary, honestly, okay. as opposed to the way they went about it and kind of going all in in the rookie draft. I would have liked to have seen maybe another vet go there, but that's – I'm you know, the way that it all played out, they filled holes where they needed to fill holes and, and whatnot. I would also say I was kind of hoping A-Rob was going to be landing. Yeah, AC, yeah. Free Tyreek trade. Uh, maybe a LaVisca Chenault was kind of somebody I was thinking had trade rumors going around. I guess he's staying in Jacksonville. But, you know, it's just a couple of names uh, that I had thought about earlier on, early on in the season. Now, I'm not complaining at all about Juju, and I think – uh, MBS is kind of going to play like a light Tyreek role in, you know, not maybe taking as many targets or being heavily targeted all game long. But as far as that deep ball for uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, kind of like he did with Deshaun Jackson and, and Philly and things like that. So uh, I, I'm definitely pleased with how they how they came out of free agency. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, it'll be very fascinating. Um because you have to respect his his game because you know he he had he had he had flashing moments there in, in Green Bay you know so again it just is going to be just another difficult um offense to to try to game plan mm -hmm. for so I, again I, I'm just I'm very intrigued to see how it's exactly going to look and just see again if we can see all these guys up to their potential which of course with uh Patrick Mahomes throwing them the ball definitely a possibility now, another one uh, that I'm kind of curious about uh, your thoughts on is um, Ronald Jones. So he's been kind of a polarizing player and prospect that the, 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 the promise is always there, but it never really seems to come into like fruition. Mm -hmm. And you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who uh, has had kind of mixed success, a little bit of injury, you know, uh, I guess last year's a little bit banged up in, in this. So, are you excited for Ronald Jones? Do you think he's just like a guy that that's just there to kind of be a depth piece or any thoughts yeah, on that? I haven't snagged very many uh, shares of him. I would like to, cause I am actually excited about his, you know, everybody's oh, he can't catch the ball and he, you know, he's not any good at this or he's not any good at that. But the fact of the matter is the man outplayed Leonard Fournette in his first year in Tampa Bay and took the reins of that entire offense and ran with it. He, I don't know exactly what he finished, but he would definitely have been in my starting lineup every single week. And he would have been a guy that probably would have started the season on waivers or in the last few rounds of your draft, you could have picked him up. So the guy is definitely the most talented in that wider in that running back room, in my opinion. You know, I don't think it would be anything for him to really just take off with the rushing duties in Kansas City and uh, let Andy Reid use Clyde and the, uh, his dynamic, you know, passing game out of the backfield and, you know, kind of throw in Derek McKinnon for a break, Pacheco for a break. Uh, so I, I am. I'm really excited to see how Randy Reed uses Ronald Jones, you know, if he's going to use him as a workhorse or if he's just going to use him for third down, you know, 
third and shorts or goal line duties or red zone, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I feel like he's really going to use him because he knows he's a hidden gem and he most likely got him for dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so, so you think it'll be like a pretty heavy like committee then? I'm not. I like say I, I'm not entirely sure. I do feel like he's going to like he's going to use his backs. I feel like if you're going to see more. You're going to see mostly Ronald Jones taking all the rushing duties, by taking those uh, receiving duties. I'm I'm probably going to say with as much as they pass, it'll be close to a fifty-fifty split. If okay. I had to guess. You know, I, I don't think I don't think that's that's too far off from from what they're going to do because, like I say, with Ronald Jones taking all the rushing duties and they pass a lot anyways, just with Matt Patrick Mahomes, I think that's going to leave a lot of opportunities for uh, Clyde to get onto the field. And so I think they do come to somewhat of a split. Interesting. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I have him in a couple spots in, in in multiple dynasty leagues. So when I saw about the signing in in. Uh, in uh, Kansas City, my eyes kind of got wide. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. like, I like that, you know. Um, but he has just been like a very mixed expectation, mm-hmm. sometimes hitting, sometimes not hitting. Kind of yeah, hold those hopes. Out. You hold on to him, hope he just lands in a good position or something, or he repeats his 2020, um, 2020 year with Tampa Bay. Because he does, right, he, right, could, right. he could just very well, if, if he just shows out, Andy Reid will run with him and let Absolutely. Him. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just another wave of excitement that, that we have. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, I may just be just officially out now. So I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just in that offense, you want players in that offense, you know. Mm-hmm. So um he he's a very tricky one uh for me, but definitely a good one to watch. Hopefully we get a little clarity on on how he gets used in the preseason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh but but then again, you don't want these guys to be playing too much either. You know, you just you just hate those preseason injuries, you know, and everything else oh, for them, but also for the 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 our, our fantasy leagues, of course, too. But you especially hate it for the players themselves. You know, just just this week, there's been a couple that that, that have popped up, like mm-hmm. Tim Patrick and stuff. You just, you just hate that. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Torn ACL out out for the season. You know, it's terrible. But uh, yeah, so the free agency is obviously one way to build a roster, and then the other real obvious way to build a roster is through the NFL draft. The the spectacle mm-hmm. that it is uh, these days, it's awesome. I love it. So just gonna review the uh, draft class here, and then. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on all things that they uh, selected here. So round one, pick 21, they trade up with the Patriots. Uh, they select cornerback Trent McDuffie. They gave up picks 29, 94, and 121 to make that jump up to 221 from 29 uh, for the cornerback who I think could have gone much earlier than that. Just interesting. It was, it was a good spot to get him at. So, mm-hmm. so they, they, they went up and got their guy. Still in round one, pick 30. They selected the defensive end, George Karloftis. Great value there as well. Round two, pick 54, wide receiver Sky Moore. Round two again, pick 62, defensive back Brian Cook. Round three, linebacker Leo Chanel. Rounds five and seven, uh, offensive lineman uh, Kennard, cornerback uh, Jalen Watson, running back uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who, who you referenced a moment ago. Talk about him in a minute. And then defensive back 
Nazee Johnson. Now, Pacheco is an interesting one. Uh, he actually had a better 40 time and speed score than Brees Hall. Now, of course, he doesn't have as strong a draft capital or as much production. You know, he played at Rutgers mm-hmm. and, and everything else. So a lot of the time they're, they're playing from behind <laughs> and things yep. like that. But a very intriguing player. Um, what did you think about this draft class? And did you have a favorite or least favorite pick? Uh, I honestly thought they grabbed great value everywhere they picked, you know, all through the draft. Uh, like you were saying, Pacheco in round, in the late rounds, the guy was the fastest running back in the combine this year. And <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so the fact that they just picked him up and threw him at the bottom of the depth chart and, you know, they see a couple of games this year where maybe they're either blown out or, or down, well, you know, whatever the case may be. And he gets in and gets those reps and gets, get some work with a top tier offense. Uh, who knows what, you know, and he may not do anything in Kansas city, but after his rookie contracts up, the guy is a speedster that we've seen some speedsters make very, uh, make themselves very valuable in the fantasy world. Uh, as far as favorites go, I would probably say Carl Laftis. I had Carl Laftis going in like the early first round. I yeah. did a little mock draft myself of the first round. I had him going like the fifth pick or something like that. Uh, Sky Moore was another one you were mentioning. Uh, people that have went after him were like Vilas Jones, Jalen Tarbort, uh, David Bell. I think that is excellent value for considering the rest of his draft class that uh, got picked ahead of him. <clears throat> uh, like to say, Let's see. I I mean, I would have liked to see them, like I said earlier, kind of go more with a veteran approach to the secondary on defense and kind of use that other first to go for, uh, who knows, I don't know, they could have got another wide receiver early on or that filled another hole elsewhere. But uh, nonetheless, as you were saying, uh, value all over the board in this draft class with the way they picked regardless i'm, I'm not there the slight preference but the way it turned out i can't complain at all absolutely yeah i mean the the uh, sky Moore pick to me was just unbelievable because a lot of people had a first round grade on him he very easily could have gone to the chiefs mm-hmm. at 21 like they probably could have jumped up and if it was sky Moore at the pick it wouldn't have shocked me you know or at 30 mm-hmm. and they get him at 54 um, making him, this is nuts. I, I recounted this like three times. It was like the 2000, like election. I recounted it like a z- zillion times. The seventh wide receiver selected in the second round, the 13th wide receiver overall. Oh I think gosh. that is just wow. insane to me. A guy who could have easily gone in the first round, but again, a lot of those second round picks to me were like a bit like whimsical, right? Like mm-hmm. the Patriots taking Tyquan Thornton, I like Alec Pierce as a player. I wasn't expecting a, a second round draft capital for him mm-hmm. with, with, with uh, the Colts. Um, oh, geez. The, I, I guess Christian Watson, an argument could be made there mm-hmm. at the top of the second for sure. It's yeah, I don't know. You, spot were, for him. you said 13 wide receivers before him. And I'm thinking of all the uh, mock drafts that were in the rookie mocks that were in with the IDP guys. And Sky Moore is consistently in the back half of the first. You know, that said, there's literally can't be 13 wide receivers ahead of him in most mock drafts. So that definitely a great value of that pick. Absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of remarkable. Six wide receivers went in the top 18 picks. And then 
Uh, the next wide receiver taken was Christian Watson at the top of the second. And then all those guys went and then the chiefs get sky more. It just was like a layup. It was just like mm-hmm. perfect, you know, because yep. again, he, he could have gone to them 20 picks earlier. It was, uh-huh. just, it was just amazing. So that, so that was awesome. That really got my um, attention. Um, so he just was one of those guys that a lot of people really liked. And then like, he really went from like the second round clear into the first round of, mm-hmm. of, of like the rookie draft uh, season for, for, for dynasty. And I think again, talented player, in a fantastic offense, that's what you want to bet on, especially in the back half of the first round. Really can't get too much safer than that. So mm-hmm. very intrigued by him. Um, glad that that you liked the the overall draft. You know, some years you just really like scratch your head, and some years mm-hmm. you really like they, what, what what the team does. I know that better than anyone with the Eagles. Sometimes they nail it, and sometimes you're just like, oh, not again. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, I was glad. I'm glad that, that that the Chiefs were able to get good values uh, where they were picking, um, and glad that 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 you liked it as well. Um, any thoughts on the, uh, undrafted free agents that, that that's a subject that sometimes gets a little bit overlooked. I do happen to like to track that, you know, just, it's just mm-hmm. interesting. Like uh, the NFL draft always surprises me. There's always players that go way earlier than I would have thought. And like, who am I? Right. Then there's some players mm-hmm. who just go way later that, you know, are just very shocking to me. One, especially this year was uh, the quarterback, Sam Howell, who went to Washington at the top of the fifth mm-hmm. round. I, I think that again, see how he see how he does that, that potentially could be just a phenomenal steal, but the undrafted mm-hmm. free agents sometimes are very shocking. Like, Oh, I'm surprised that guy didn't get picked up or whatever could be like medical red flags and things like this, you know mm-hmm. um, any thoughts on who the chief signed uh, as undrafted free agents? I would most. I was most excited about Justin Ross with yes. uh, Andy Reid, and like I referred to uh, what I was talking about earlier with him finding a role for all of his players. I could only imagine what kind of role he could give somebody who maybe shouldn't play every down, but somebody that's far too talented not to play if he's been cleared. So right. I, I feel I was so excited to see. I don't know if he would have carved out anything this year, but it would have been fun to watch at least for sure. And I think he could develop into, uh, you know, a hell of a wide receiver. Uh, again, with those injury woes, and you kind of hesitate. I, I personally have watching him, and if it were me in that position, I agree. You know, you want to play. Uh, that's just his life's work, I'd imagine, and. So to not be able to play, yeah, I would just, I would just hope that he wouldn't, like say, he wouldn't be out there every down. But I do hope for his sake that he does. A, you know, he is able to carve carve out his own decent role with either the Chiefs or whoever somebody in the in the league. I would like to see that for him. And uh, yeah, also, I, yeah. Crum, like you said, you mentioned to me, Crum was another one. He's he's behind, you know, Henny and uh Mahomes he's got two great quarterbacks to watch as he uh you know just kind of watches from the sidelines this year and in the future however long he hangs out uh but definitely two vets to uh to learn from absolutely yeah uh the thing about Justin Ross is his talent level clear first round caliber wide receiver Obviously, he he wasn't and then didn't get drafted because of those medical 
um, red flags, which I think is fair. I still, you know, again, in the sixth, seventh round, it wouldn't have shocked me if the team just like took a chance on him. Now, obviously, at this mm -hmm. point, he has been put on season ending IR. But again, to just let him heal up. Patrick Mahomes is going to be there until he's like 38 or whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, nothing to lose. You know what I mean? You have a guy who just has talent out the wazoo. He was the one player I was like <laughs> aggressively watching to see where he was signing. And then the Chiefs, I'm like, oh, that is perfect. You know, um, just because, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. such a fan of the player. Uh, but, you know, he had like that, he had that neck injury. Uh, or mm -hmm. the neck condition, which required a pretty intense surgery. And then he had the foot injury because he was able to come back from that. So I guess maybe he's not all the way back from mm -hmm. that foot injury that right. prevented him from uh, participating fully at the combine, you know, and everything else. But uh, yeah, very exciting. I mean, again, we're talking mm -hmm. about undrafted free agents. They actually may never even see the field beyond like preseason action. You know what I mean? Like in the future, but still mm -hmm. to have those guys like waiting in the wings that have that kind yep. of upside is phenomenal. And Dustin Crum, uh, he's, he's someone who I put on, on my list as well, because again, oh, yeah. playing at um, Kent state or I think it was Kent state. He just was a really interesting prospect in terms of his rushing ability and overall production. So it's not all that shocking. It's not all that surprising. He didn't get drafted, but again, a lot of potential there, you know, in his physical traits in a fantastic system, like Andy mm -hmm. Reed is that quarterback whisperer. He can learn behind Mahomes and Henny, mm -hmm. you know, who's, who's a solid vet in, in, oh, yeah. in his own right. Um, so again, just most teams, you just kind of gloss over the list, say, ah, whatever. Like, we'll see what happens. But those mm -hmm. two really got, 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 got me juiced up. So glad that we are in agreement there. Um, so basically, what we're going to do now is take a look ahead at the 2022 season. Um, after reviewing the Chiefs schedule, uh, Axton, uh, what do you think are realistic expectations in terms of a win-loss record? I don't know. I was kind of going through and hesitantly because there's teams that we will inevitably lose to that we definitely shouldn't. We always struggle with the Broncos in years past when we never should have. Uh, <clears throat> the Raiders give us fits, the chart. You know, we usually split uh, with teams like that. Last year, I'd say we, last few years, we've done much better. But Given the changes and things, I don't know if I expect like a deep postseason run. I think that they have the talent and capability to make the make a playoff, make some sort of playoff run. I don't think like a eleven and six, twelve and five record would be uh, crazy. I think that yeah. it's definitely feasible for them to be able to make the playoffs, make it. I'd, it just all kind of depends on how everybody adjusts to the new system without Tyreek and, and people stepping up to the plate. Juju having been, you know, what, four years removed from his top eight season and really having to take on a lead role and teach and coach Sky Moore and those younger guys and uh, just take that lead. Now, I think that uh, Kelsey, I, I do think I would like. Uh, Tyreek and Kelsey, I'm glad that they kept Kelsey. Uh, and the reason I say that is because Kelsey's going to give Mahomes that <clears throat> security blanket of sorts yeah. in this adjustment period. He's going to have somebody, you know, somebody reliable to throw the ball to that's going to get 
you know, he, he might flirt around 80 or a hundred yards a game. And, you know, if that's what he's got to do, that's what he's got to do. And they'll make it work because they just got the talent that can really pick up if things aren't, you know, if the security blanket isn't there, you know, but like I say, I think it all just kind of depends on how they mesh. Uh, but I hesitantly guess probably a 11 and six or what was it? 11 and six, 12 and five kind of record gotcha. person. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, just that whole division has completely been revamped, right? Like you look at just the Raiders, they bring in Josh McDaniels, they bring in Devonte Adams mm-hmm. already from a team that just snuck into the playoffs, but still, um, that could be a scary team to, to watch out for a lot of good defensive uh, talent over there as well. Then the Broncos mm-hmm. that they, they bring in Russell Wilson, all of a sudden, you could consider them to be contenders in the division, at least, you know, I think that Russell Wilson just, just makes that, that, that kind of an impact uh, to, 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 to um, be, be, be honest. I'm such a big fan of his. Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, the team really only needed a quarterback. They've had a solid defense and they've had good receivers and have right. a good running back and they have had good tight ends. They just don't have any, I think I just, I just put out, an article on Cortland Sutton and I referenced the fact that they have started 12 quarterbacks that Broncos have since Peyton Manning left. Even a wide receiver started a game in 2020. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yes. right. <laughs> so what, what was that start, number with again Russell Wilson, 12, 12 starting quarterbacks since what? When did, Whoa. When, when did Peyton Manning require, re, re, retire? Um. What? Like 2014? Does that sound too recent? Hmm. I don't know off the top of my head. But yeah, if you want to look that up, I, I'm very curious because they went through the, the very short-lived Paxton Lynch era. 2015, yeah, so okay, gotcha. 2016 to 2021, they've had 12 starting quarterbacks. Wow, so they're like the Browns of the West, you know? Like that, <laughs> yeah, that's really. insane. But no, I mean, I I just think Russell Wilson just brings that, just lifts the entire roster up, you know. Mm-hmm. And then with the Chargers, if you still got Justin Herbert, a lot of those pieces on the offense are remaining. Then they bring in a lot of defensive talent, mm-hmm. Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, mm-hmm. like that's crazy, you know. Yep. Um, so it's very interesting. I think it's very possible that a couple of teams from that division do get into the playoffs. Um, I agree. I think that the Chiefs still have potential to win the division. I think that they can make the playoffs. I think um, the Chargers do take a step forward. But then again, it's like the, these games this year are going to be just pure oh, popcorn. <laughs> it's just going to be amazing. You know, like, like oh, forget absolutely. the new like Marvel movie that's coming out. I want to watch right. these games, you know. Oh, my God. Um, yep. It's it's a definitely going to be a a crazy AFC West. I mean, like you said, I, my my guess was hesitant. I, I know they have the potential to win the division, but hesitantly, I think eleven eleven and six probably. But uh, no, that division is definitely going to put up uh, a big fight. They're going to be a thorn in our side, that's for sure. Because I think they they have the edge at head coach. You know, um, sometimes when, 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 when there's newness in a team, like with the Raiders and a new head coach and all mm-hmm. that, sometimes yeah, it just right. uh, the, the, the full potential doesn't get realized year one. 
you know, mm-hmm. but then again, with, with with Devontae Adams coming in, that that just opens up a whole another oh, uh, aspect of of the offense and how to game plan for that. So, I don't know. I think because the Chiefs still have that foundation of Reed and Mahomes, I think that that could still be likely. But I don't know. Uh, I just I just really like the the uh, Chargers too. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. and see what what. Brandon Staley can can do in year two. Uh, oh my goodness! And how about that <laughs> that 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 last game of the season between like the Raiders and Chargers? Like, mm-hmm. I just think like every game could potentially be like that game. Oh, you know, blowout. <laughs> oh no, no like, not like, a, not like in a but not, not in the game. Deep. It's going to be very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah, not a blowout. Sorry, like that. Yeah, they're just going to be very high scoring shootout. High shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's going to go that deep into overtime every single game, but still, um, hold my goodness, like that, that that is just kind of is what, what I'm expecting to see mm-hmm. out of this division. So I think it's a really uh, the, the the most exciting division in the NFL w- w- without question. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be very curious to see what, what comes out of that. I mean, and for years to come, you know, it'll mm-hmm. be the next couple of years. It's going to be it's probably going to be like this. So, yeah, a lot of fun there. Um, but you do think that they can make the playoffs though. Oh yeah. You think 11 and th- six, mm-hmm. 12 and five will be enough to, yeah. to get them in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll have enough to get there, but I'm not sure if they'll have quite the juice or the chemistry among everybody new to quite really overcome your Rams and your, uh, Bengals and those really tough teams. Uh, but I, definitely think a playoff push is is within the realm so perfect perfect yeah no i I think that's very reasonable like the first thing you said was you think they'll be successful you think they'll get in but maybe not as deep of a run Mm -hmm. as the last couple of years so yeah no i think i think that, that that's pretty pretty good uh wisdom uh for sure so at the end of the day, we do want this show to be a fantasy football show. I do enjoy the the typical uh, regular football talk as well, but we're going to shift complete gears now to just pure fantasy. Uh, so I'll leave it up to you. Um, we're looking for players on the Chiefs to target or fade at projected cost. You can go Dynasty. You can go Redraft. You can throw in some IDPs if you want. Um <laughs> Curious about your thoughts on that, but we will start with offensive players to target at projected cost. So who do you like? Uh, at the wide receiver 38 price tag, I've been going Juju in a lot of our mocks and start for startup drafts and then Mesa's redrafts. Uh, he's been, I think, an excellent target for dirt cheap in the seventh round. I mean, you can get him. You know, sometimes you might even be able to snatch him up for, uh, if you're wide receiver heavy, you snatch him up for, a, you know, first in from the bench. <clears throat> and even still, he might, he's probably going to hop into your starting lineup a, a number of weeks. Uh, so I really like him. Like I said, he had that uh, 2018 season where he did place top eight. I think a season or two later, he's a wide receiver 17 when he finished. Uh so that might be a bit of a stretch for him to get to that top 10 or, or I'm, but I think the top 20 definitely within uh, is reasonable, more than reasonable, especially with Patrick Mahomes. And he's run, lining up alongside <clears throat> uh, Kelsey, who's running up the seams and really, uh, and then again with NVS running behind defenses. Uh, another one for me 
now I like MVS, but best ball. I probably oh, sure. wouldn't be yeah. going and reaching for MVS uh, early by any means for a redraft or dynasty. But <clears throat> again, he's got the he's the guy's like 6'4", 220. He's huge. He adds a tremendous size. He's going to be able to go up and get those passes that if Patrick Mahomes just gets in trouble and he needs to launch it down the field, he's going to be one that's going to be go up and contend for those passes. And I, you know, I like him for best ball. He's going to have those games where he might catch a long pass or two for a 60 yard touchdown and score you a quick, easy 15, 25 points if he just goes off one game. Uh, so like, like him in the later rounds, uh, again, with, uh, Ronald Jones would be another one. I kind of like in the later rounds, <clears throat> he's going, I don't even know where, he, where is he? He's like RB 40 something. Well, I think he's pretty <laughs> much in, in the double digit rounds and, you know, you're, you're kind of are in like getting into like elite, like handcuff territory. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, you're looking at handcuffs at that point. Uh, yeah. And... That's way late in drafts and deep, deep leagues. So a great lottery ticket, right? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so I'm yeah. with you a hundred percent there. It was, it was interesting. I think earlier in the show, you, you compared, um, MVS's role to Deshaun Jackson's role in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. And I, I love that, um, especially for best ball specifically, you know, mm-hmm. um, to try to guess when it's going to happen is going to, yeah. it's going to, is going to make you nauseous, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, I do like that call, um, especially for, for best ball. You just have them there. You don't have to worry about when to play them, but if it, if it happens, it happens. Uh, I mean, he mm-hmm. might be a, an interesting choice for like, DraftKings or FanDuel, you know, I'm sure he'll be like a inexpensive option. I, I don't, I, I actually don't do a lot of that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, like if, if you, if you're looking for, for an edge, a little upside there, um, I think that, that that would be a good place to, to look, you know, um, mm-hmm. see how it goes, of course. So I like that. Um, mine uh, for, 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 for dynasty, I'm still am well in on Mahomes. If I'm doing a startup today, uh, Mahomes will probably be my quarterback three off 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 the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a pretty close call for me. It's a it's a pretty tight tier as far as I'm concerned between Allen or Herbert. They're they're kind of you kind of interchange them at one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Mahomes, I mean, you just you you don't you don't really want to overthink it, right? You know, mm-hmm. just as safe as can be. Um, I don't. I think for the long term. The, the loss of Tyreek Hill might not be so devastating. I am a little a little worried about that, but I think if, if it's Dynasty, you just have him for, for, for the long haul, I think you'll be fine, especially week mm-hmm. to week. Uh, so I'm very still into Mahomes. Uh, and then Sky Moore is is a, is a wide receiver. I'm, I'm very interested in... Um, now, again, every draft is different, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if he is being drafted after or around Juju... I'll just take like the, like the, the, the younger guy that might just be like the shiny new object syndrome mm-hmm. of, of me that, that, that I suffer from, but uh, very intrigued by him and then redraft. I, I was going to say, I, I was in on CEH as if I could draft him as a flex option. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of a redraft slow draft right now. And he was taken in the fifth round. So that is not where I would be. T- and this is like a single, uh, a single quarterback. Uh, no, that's a, that is, that's a that is not rage. where I would have taken. 
So okay, so we're on the same page there. Yeah, if absolutely. I, if, if he can if he can fall in my lap as like my mm-hmm. as my running back three, and I'm already happy with what I have at RB one and RB two, then that's cool with me. But if he if mm-hmm. I go if I leave a draft with him as my RB two, I don't feel great about that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is just the the ever tempting upside that comes with a potential running back in that offense, especially who he was as a player at LSU. And I just, the, 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 the comparison that just had me smitten mm-hmm. was, was Brian Westbrook, you know, mm-hmm. what he did in, in Philadelphia. I still think CH could do that potentially, but he just needs to get that. Well, I mean, he has to get the kind of workload that, 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 that Westbrook had as well uh, way back when, you know, obviously, but so just ever tempting. And now the price, as far as I'm concerned, is much more justifiable than it was mm-hmm. when he was a rookie. than it was even in his oh. sophomore year. Yeah, so no now that. that, so some of that shine is off of him. Now, mm-hmm. I think he could be a very interesting, like, post type sleeper to a mm-hmm. certain degree. Yeah. Um, I know the term sleeper kind of gets thrown around, but I think to a certain degree, you could consider him a, a, a post type sleeper, you know, mm-hmm. um, if he, like you said, if he, if he falls to you, I mean, he may not be my preference, but if everybody else sleeps on him and he's going to fall to me and you know, at right, he's right there kind of at a tear break. There's only maybe a couple of other players that are really going to have, have a big role in their offenses at uh, where he's at. What is it like the wide? It's like the running back 20. It's like the, like the late 20s running back 30 or something. It's kind of where he's being ranked at or being picked up. That's his ADP on IDP guys. So oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So to like decide between him or like Miles Sanders or like Damian Harris, Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think I would still be would would be pretty tempted to go CEH there. Um, mm-hmm. Although I would say like eight out of ten times, there's still that small percentage uh, chance of me being an Eagles fan. I still want um, the 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 Miles Sanders to to live up to his potential. If you know the Eagles just want to use him the way I think he should be used, but what I, I can't control that. Um, <laughs> so I was like eight out of 10 times uh, I'm taking CEH o- over Sanders, but that is like an interesting debate uh, to kind of see how that plays out there. Um, sounds like we're kind of both a little more out on our own home team running backs here going for the opposite. I, Cause I think if, if you put me in that spot and you talk about people I'm baiting, sure. as I imagine you were about, uh, to get to, I, I would personally pro- probably fade Ceh versus uh, Miles Sanders or your you go. Damian okay. Harris and uh, let's see who I think. Oh, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, I think are people that that I'd much rather have or feel more comfortable or secure yeah. in the in those picks personally, anyways. And I'm I'm more of a very hesitant hesitant uh, drafter. So if I if I got two options and one is going to be more reliable or consistent for me i'm more likely going to go for that versus that that sleeper candidate because ceh is going to be more more than involved in the offense it's just kind of one of those situations where i'm just like i i don't even want the head i, I avoid people that make, that cause me headaches during the season you know you have those players that inevitably do but if i can avoid one from the start i was like i'd rather just let him go off for somebody else you know well I don't, I don't and they that issue and and they call it like like the running back dead zone for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what right I typically want to I typically want to have at least every draft is different, you know, obviously, but I want to get two running backs usually in the first five rounds 
And those those wide receivers that are going in the range of CEH, Miles Sanders, Damien, I want those wide receivers 10 out of 10 times mm-hmm. if it's like a snake draft, if it's an auction or a salary cap draft. It's a little bit of a different massaging of player targeting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's just like a plain old snake, I want Bateman. I want even Tyler Lockett. I would probably mm-hmm. would want over over some of those guys. That's just me. I just love that tier of wide receivers, especially because I typically am missing out on some of the top guys, mm-hmm. you know, because I want the running backs at the top, you know, because the drop off after a certain tier of running backs is too significant compared to the drop off oh. of wide receiver where I'm very happy taking wide receivers all the way through, even like Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very happy to get him over like, I can't even, I don't even know right now, but either way, the point is I like the wide receivers where those running backs are going. However, I do see a scenario where I would be very in on getting CEH as a flex option type, but as a fade, I, I completely understand that. Yeah, he's right there. Um, the, all those right there are kind of on the fence of, you know, you, yeah. you could argue that they could have a good season. You could argue that they're, you know, they'd be one to fade. So Right. I don't think you can go wrong in your thoughts there. For sure. For sure. My, my general dynasty fade, if I'm doing a startup today, uh, would be Travis Kelsey. Obviously, if you have him on a contending team, I am more than happy to hold him for mm-hmm. his career. Just let that ride out. Right. Yep. Um, but I mean, he's still, ha- he, to, to me, unless it's like a tight end premium situation, that's another whole monkey wrench. But second round in a startup, uh, well, I guess if it's super flex, maybe like second, third round, I mm-hmm. just, I, I just don't want any part of that. Even though obviously he is a difference maker. Um, I just a- am typically aiming for more youth in my startups. Uh, just more of a balanced approach. But again, you know, if you go for, for, for the win now in year one and, mm-hmm. and you get a decent, you know, prize back, you pay for the next six years or whatever, you know, yeah, and, right. and, you just, and you kind of sit <laughs> on that. So I, I definitely understand it. Just not the typical direction I would go. Um, and then as far as redraft is concerned, I'm generally going to be fading much of the wide receivers in the chiefs offense. Um, mm-hmm. although I have been warming up to Juju as like a wide receiver three flex option. Um, but like MVS for, 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 for the reasons you said a little variance, uh, a little unpredictable on mm-hmm. when those spike weeks are coming and to set the lineup with him in, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll ever <laughs> will feel great about it. You know, unless there are just certain circumstances where say he is just the clear, you know, he's getting, you know, seven plus targets a game. This is very consistent mm-hmm. with that. Then that's another story, you know, but if it's just like spike week, 10 target game, then three, then three, then four target. I, I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said that's probably the best way to go, but, but, but in lineup setting weeks, I'm probably going to be steering clear of the wide receivers there. Just kind of keeping an eye out for them on, on waivers mm-hmm. though. I would not yep. be, I would not shy away from aiming to acquire them uh, by trade, like in the middle of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. I just would probably, I'm just thinking like most likely scenarios, I'm not going to want to come away with some of them, but I would target Kelsey in, in redraft. I would target Mm -hmm. um, Mahomes. you know, depends. I mean, I'm usually a a late round QB kind of a guy, but um, in in like the Scott fishbowl, I I was able to get Mahomes um, at, at, at one Oh four. I thought he would have been gone by three, um, 
but still just fell right into my lap. I did not hesitate. <laughs> like Mahomes, that's done. That's easy. You know, of course, yeah, that, that, that is fake. super flex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so so there are scenarios where, where, where that can happen, but generally the fades would be the wide receivers for redraft and then Kelsey mm-hmm. for dynasty. Unless you're a contender, I, I think it's fine to to be aggressive and try to acquire him to, to get you over the top, you know. But mm-hmm. startup yeah. wise is more what I was thinking probably not going to come away with him in, in a startup, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyone else you wanted to touch on as far as fades go or. No, I, I think the, like you said it, Kelsey, probably in your dynasty startups. Uh, and then my only other would be CEH. I'm just gotcha, like right. you, like you with Kelsey probably for, or like anybody with, Kelsey or you and me anyways uh, in a dynasty startup is just probably one I'm just I'm gonna go go to the wide receivers at the same position like you were saying or just kind of pivot elsewhere probably somebody I'm not really gonna uh, kind of one that's gonna have to prove it to me before I pick him up not one I'm gonna take that yeah on. And it's always like that extra little stress of it being like your favorite team too. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm more nervous having Eagles players on my Mm -hmm. roster because it's like, it's like a double whammy. If they're not playing well in real life, they're not playing well. It's just, I just Mm -hmm. like get in my own head, you know, or if I get hurt. Yeah, then 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 to go a, a, a deeper double whammy, you know, if they're uh-huh. if they're not contribute on the out on the real field or on the on in the fantasy lineup. But oh man. Yeah, so it is this it it has it was a weird thing that I've had to get over over the years. Like I just never ever wanted to uh, like draft um Cowboys players. I just didn't want them. <laughs> And like for a while, there's a lot of really good cat like like Marion Barber, like Tony Romo mm-hmm. back in the day, like obviously does Bryant. I mean, at this point of those years, I was mature enough to just think like, okay, I just want the fantasy points. Like that's fine. Like my say, first two years get in playing, on the DeMarco Murray days. Oh, that's fun. But like in my <laughs> very early years, my like Eagles fandom was just so high that like I just did not want to have any inkling of wanting to root for a mm. cowboy player success. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there is like that, that weird thing of being a fan that that can trickle in. Um, but at this point, I am still a big fan of my team. But obviously, at the end of the day, when it comes to fantasy, you just have to be completely objective. You know, uh-huh. just whoever can contribute, whoever can can bring in points, you know. But then again, I was like an early teenager when, when uh-huh. I started playing. So, you know, right. uh, the, the, the maturity wasn't quite there yet. But but now all you want is, is the points, right? But mm. yeah, it's well, funny. Well, since I started, I started watching football seriously right about the same time that I was getting into fantasy. So oh, to course. me, yep. it kind of started out like, you know, I was always a fan, but I never really, you know, uh was too die hard i guess you know i i've always been a fan but i'm never one that's like oh i gotta go to all the games this year you know i'm gonna watch the games as uh, you know as they come on and i'm always gonna root for my team uh but <laughs> yeah you, you're just more grounded like in your but, fandom where yeah, every exactly. loss you weren't mad until tuesday you know and that kind of mm-hmm. thing you know it helped it helped me uh remain objective like you were saying so i had more player preferences and, and i was a fan of players more so than than teams overall but you know everybody's got to have that that hometown team or that team that you root for so uh yeah and naturally being surrounded in chief's kingdom by a whole bunch of red i don't have a whole lot of a choice but 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My so. my um my wife has some cousins who live out in Missouri, and they're big Chiefs mm. fans. So when the Chiefs played the Eagles uh, last year, they sent like a little like selfie of like him and like his wife and kids in their Chiefs mm. gear, and then they got this big smile on their face because they're like they got Patrick Mahomes, like they they know they're mm-hmm. gonna win, and I'm like. Good luck, you know. Like I hope it's like I hope uh-huh. we lose by only twenty, you know. But uh, yeah, so so it's just a fun like. And when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, I was like texting them. I was like, I hope you guys do well, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. still like a fan of Andy Reid. I just cannot, I just can't help it. But yeah, but yeah. Um, so uh, Axton, I think I think we hit it. Uh, I think we nailed it. We have very good expectations for the Chiefs for both real life and for for fantasy football purposes. Appreciate you coming on and um, appreciate your insight with, with, mm-hmm. with the chiefs team. Uh, so what we're going to do now is just uh, want you to remind people where they can find you and then just plug anything you got coming out or anything you'll, you'll be working on uh, this season or in the future. Well, you can find me at the IDP guys uh, org website. I don't know if it's there. You can check out any of my articles there. I've kind of dabbled into a few podcasts and whatnot. And if you're not already, uh, go ahead and subscribe and get into the Discord chat. I am always Absolutely. in the Discord chat answering questions and interacting with uh, our members and my fellow writers and and the staff and you know everybody that's in there. It's a great time. It's not you know you got access before seven to all your fantasy football questions and we don't only talk fantasy football. There's side side chats for for whatever. I found myself making friends left and right just being active in the Discord chat. So uh, so hop on over and check uh, check out everything that if you guys have to offer. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and I just want to echo that, uh, the, the, the discord as part of the subscription is just a fantastic time. Uh, there, there's more channels in it than I would have ever imagined. It's pretty, it's pretty fantastic, but very active in offering trade advice and start sit advice. It, It really and and it has like you said you you do become friends with, with the people who who take advantage of that uh and and it, it is just a good time just to kind of you know chop it up just just between ourselves too but also the uh, subscribers of course who we ultimately are there to try to uh help and and, and walk alongside of with, with their questions so mm-hmm. but yeah so Axton, thanks again for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, best of luck to you and your fantasy teams, but of course your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah, appreciate, it. appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Best of luck to you as well and your Eagles and the Creator <laughs> League. Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah, we, we, we got a little bit of uh, a rivalry going there in that division, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, uh, the best of luck, everybody, with, with your teams and uh, keep climbing.